welcome to the first part of This Week in Tudor History with me, Claire Ridgway, author of several Tudor history books. Where am I taking you first today? Well, I'm taking you to the reign of King Henry VIII, but it's actually about a man who became famous in Queen Elizabeth I's reign. On the 25th of January 1540, Saint Edmund Campion, Jesuit and martyr, was born in London. Campion was hanged, drawn and quartered on the 1st of December 1581 for treasonable conspiracy. He was beatified in 1886 by Pope Leo XIII and canonised in 1970 by Pope Paul VI. Let me tell you a bit more about this Catholic martyr. Campion was the son of a London bookseller. On the 3rd of August 1553, when the Queen, Queen Mary I, made her official entry into the City of London and stopped near St Paul's School, it was St Paul's pupil, 13-year-old Campion, who made a narration to her. His oration was well received, both by the listening crowd and the Queen herself. Before St Paul's, Campion had been educated at Christ's Hospital and in 1558, under the patronage of the Grocers' Company, he entered St John's College, Oxford, where he studied philosophy and theology, attaining a BA and then in 1564 an MA. In 1560, when he was 20, Campion delivered an oration in English at the funeral of Amy Dudley, wife of Robert Dudley, Earl of Leicester. Then, in 1567, he delivered a narration in Latin at the funeral of Sir Thomas White. At Queen Elizabeth I's visit to Oxford in August 1566, Campion welcomed her and took part in a debate in front of her and the university chancellor. His eloquence impressed Robert Dudley, who became his patron. In 1569, Campion was ordained as a deacon and given a living in Gloucestershire by Richard Cheney, Bishop of Gloucester, who became good friends with Campion. Even though Campion was close to the Earl of Leicester and William Cecil, Baron Burley, it appears that he'd taken the oath of supremacy against his conscience and conformed only so that he could carry on enjoying public speaking. In August 1570, troubled by his conscience, Campion left England for Ireland, going to Dublin at the invitation of his student Richard Stanihurst's father, James Stanihurst, Speaker of the Irish House of Commons and Recorder of Dublin. In Dublin, Campion worked on two books, De Homine Academico and His History of Ireland, which he dedicated to the Earl of Leicester. Campion's now Catholic faith became a danger to him following the Pope's excommunication of Queen Elizabeth I in 1570. So he was smuggled out of Dublin by the Stanihursts and in 1571 he was smuggled into England disguised as one of the Earl of Kildare's steward's servants. From England, Campion tried to flee into exile on the continent but he was captured on his way across the Channel. A second try saw him successfully making it across and he entered the English college at Douai. He recanted his Protestant faith, becoming ordained as a subdeacon and attained his Bachelor of Theology there in 1572. He also taught rhetoric there. 
1573, he left Douai for Rome to become a Jesuit novice. He then served in Moravia and Prague, where he also taught philosophy and rhetoric. In 1578, while still in Prague, he was ordained deacon and priest, and he also wrote Latin dramas that were performed at the imperial court. In December 1579, he was recalled from Prague to Rome by William Allen. In March 1580, Allen chose Campion to serve on a mission with Father Robert Persons in England to convert the English people to the true faith. On the 24th of June 1580, Campion arrived in England disguised as a jewel merchant. He was with fellow Jesuit Ralph Emerson. Persons had travelled separately. Campion and Emerson were apprehended at Dover and taken before the mayor who then released them. They then made their way to London, where they were sheltered by Person's friend, George Gilbert. Just a few days later, Campion preached at Smithfield at the invitation of devout Catholic Thomas Lord Paget. The Jesuits then moved to Hoxton, where Campion wrote his Challenge to the Privy Council, also known as his Brag. His biographer, Michael A.R. Graves, writes that this was a challenge to debate religion with counsellors, university scholars and lawyers, confident that no one Protestant nor all the Protestants living and can maintain their doctrine in disputation. Thomas Pound, a Catholic who was on parole, printed and circulated copies of it and prominent Protestants called Campion a traitor. In August 1580, Campion left London, travelling through Berkshire, Oxfordshire, Northamptonshire, then later Nottinghamshire, Derbyshire, Yorkshire and Lancashire, preaching and ministering to Catholics and writing his Rationes Decem, or Ten Reasons, which presented the Catholic case against the Anglican Church. He completed the work in March 1581 and it was published by Persons on his own press at Stoner Park in Oxford as well as abroad. On the 17th of July 1581, Campion, two other priests and seven laymen were arrested at Lifford Grange in Berkshire, home of Edward Yates, after they were betrayed by Catholic informer George Eliot. They were taken to London, Campion being forced to wear a hat inscribed with the words, the seditious Jesuit. On arrival at the Tower of London, Campion was put in the Little Ease. This is a cell beneath the White Tower, so called because its size prevented a person from being able to stand, sit or lie down to get any Little Ease whatsoever. It is said that Campion spent four days in it, which must have been truly awful. Campion was then escorted by river to the home of Lord Chancellor Thomas Bromley to be questioned by him, the Earl of Leicester and Sir Christopher Hatton. Campion refused to answer the men's questions, so the Privy Council ordered a further examination and, if Campion still refused, the use of the rack. Campion was racked during his interrogations, which took place over a three-month period. And the Venetian and Spanish ambassadors recorded that he was also tortured by having iron spikes driven between the nails and the quick. It is little wonder that at his trial in November 1581, Campion had to be helped to raise his hand to make his plea. In her excellent book, God's Traitors, 
Jesse Charles explains that during the interrogations, Campion stayed firm to his Catholic faith and refused to say where he said mass or provide the government with any new information. Charles notes, however, that he did confess in a letter to Thomas Pound, giving his interrogators the names of those who'd sheltered him. Campion was tried with seven other priests at Westminster Hall on the 20th of November, 1581. Campion defended himself so well that it was expected that the jury would acquit him. Campion declared that it was not treason for him and the other priests to adhere to their faith and that they were still the Queen's loyal subjects, but that they were willing to die for their faith if it came to it. The jury found Campion and his fellow priests guilty of treason, and as Sir Christopher Ray, Lord Chief Justice, condemned them to be hanged, drawn and quartered, Campion began singing the Te Deum and his fellow priests joined in. On the 1st of December 1581, 41-year-old Campion and priests Ralph Sherwin and Alexander Bryant were drawn on hurdles to Tyburn for execution. Campion begged the forgiveness of those he'd named during his interrogations, saying that he'd only named them after being promised that no harm would come to them. He kept being interrupted by Sir Francis Knowles, who questioned him on his opinions on the Pope's bull of excommunication against the Queen and his loyalty to the Pope. Thomas Alfield, a Catholic present at Campion's execution, recorded that he was asked for which Queen he prayed, and he answered, Yea, for Elizabeth, your Queen and my Queen. And so he meekly and sweetly yielded his soul unto his Saviour, protesting that he died a perfect Catholic. Campion's feast day is celebrated on the 1st of December and the very rope that tied Campion to the hurdle which dragged him from the tower to Tyburn is used in Campion Day Masses said on his feast day at St Peter's Church, Stonyhurst College. Pupils also sing the Te Deum. An order of service from Stonyhurst College website, which I'll give you a link to, explains that a Catholic bribed the executioner into selling the rope and that it was later presented to Father Robert Persons, who wore it around his waist for the rest of his life. The rope, along with a corporal used in the tower by five martyred priests, is placed on the high altar of the chapel at the college on the 1st of December each year. In the order of service is this quote from Campion's challenge to the Privy Council. And touching our society, be it known to you that we have made a league, all the Jesuits in the world whose succession and multitude must overreach all the practices of England, cheerfully to carry the cross you shall lay upon us and never to despair your recovery while we have a man left to enjoy your Tyburn or to be racked with your torments or consumed with your prisons. The expense is reckoned. The enterprise is begun. It is of God. It cannot be withstood. So the faith was planted so it must be restored. If you want to know more about the Catholics who suffered during Elizabeth's reign and those that risked their lives sheltering them, then please do read Jesse Childs' God's Traitors. It is a fantastic book. I'll also give you a link to my video on Alexander Bryant, who was executed along with Campion. You'll find a link to that in the description. 
Moving on to the 26th of January, and we're in the reign of King Henry VIII. On the 26th of January, 1528, courtier and diplomat Sir Francis Points died in London. He died of the plague. Points, who was about 31 at his death, was the third son of courtier Sir Robert Points of Iron Acton in Gloucestershire and his wife Margaret, an illegitimate daughter of Anthony Woodville, second Earl Rivers. Francis Points was made an esquire of the body to Henry VIII in 1516 and then a carver in 1521. Points carried out a diplomatic mission in 1527 when King Henry VIII sent him to the Holy Roman Emperor Charles V to help negotiate peace between Charles and Francis I of France. Francis was survived by his widow Joan, but no children. Points wrote one work. He wrote it at the behest of his brother Antony, and it was called The Table of Thebes, The Philosopher, translated out of Latin into English by Sir Francis Points. Then moving on to the 27th of January, and now I'm taking you to the reign of Queen Mary I. On the 27th of January, 1556, Protestant Bartholomew or Bartlett Green was burned at the stake at Smithfield with six other Protestants. Green, who martyrologist John Fox describes as a gentleman and lawyer, saw the true light of God's gospel when listening to lectures given by Peter the Martyr while studying at Oxford. Fox writes that whereof when he had once tasted, it became unto him as the fountain of lively water that our Saviour Christ spake of to the woman of Samaria, so as he never thirsted any more, but had a well springing unto everlasting life. Green studied law at the Inner Temple at London, and at Easter 1554, Green received communion according to the Protestant rites of the late King Edward VI reign at the home of John Pellane, rector of St. Peter Cornhill, with his friend Christopher Goodman, who was just about to leave England to go into exile. He did it a second time with Michael Renninger and continued celebrating this way and refusing to attend the Catholic Mass or Confession. As his biographer Thomas S. Freeman points out, he might have got away with this if it hadn't been for the fact that he appears to have been behind the circulation of a bill in 1555 which was smuggled into London from the continent. This bill denounced Philip of Spain and Mary I and supported Elizabeth. Also, in a letter to his friend Goodman, he reported, The Queen is not yet dead, which could be twisted to be treasonous. Green was apprehended and imprisoned in the fleet, and then in the Tower of London. And when a charge of treason could not stand up, he was questioned on matters concerning religion. In his confession, he confessed to not attending Mass and receiving both the bread and wine. He denied the real presence in the Eucharist, saying that he received material bread and material wine, no substance thereof changed, and so no real presence of the body and blood of Christ there being, but only grace added thereto. This was heresy. 
While he was examined by Edmund Bonner, Bishop of London, he was held at the Bishop's Palace, sharing the room with John Dee and being treated well. So well, in fact, that it was rumoured that he'd recanted. He didn't recant, though, not even when his grandfather tried to bribe him with a large amount of money. On the 15th of January 1556, after an examination by Bishop Bonner and John Fecknam, Abbot of Westminster, Green was found guilty of heresy and condemned to death. He was taken to Newgate to await his death. There he was visited by friends including William Fleetwood and Thomas Hussey. On the 27th of January 1556, he was taken to Smithfield with priest Thomas Whittle, artificers John Tudson and John Went, Thomas Brown, Isabel Foster and Joan Warne or Joan Lashford. Merchant tailor and diarist Henry Machin recorded that they were all burnt by nine at three posts and there were a commandment through London overnight that no young folk should come there, for there the greatest number was as has been seen at such a time. John Fox writes of how they were burnt on one fire and that they went most cheerfully unto the place of their torments, often repeating as well by the way, as also at the stake, these verses following. O Christ my God, sure hope of health, besides thee have I none. The truth I love and falsehood hate, be thou my guide alone. And that was the end of Bartholomew Green. You can find links to other events for the 25th, 26th and 27th of January in the description, so do check that out. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I do hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to subscribe so that you can enjoy podcasts on a daily basis. Thank you.